0: This is Rich here. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up before the podcast actually starts that around the 55 minute mark we had some audio issues until about the 58 minute mark. So it does sound a little bit wonky. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up in case you wanted to skip that. But aside from that, enjoy the show. Thanks for pushing play. Welcome to the Blank Slate. I uh, got a, I guess, uh, probably a, a brief one. We got a few topics I want to cover in this one. I'm your host, Rich Camalucci. Uh, going it. With Marumi Robert Colomberti, right here across the kitchen table from me in the Blank Slate Studios. Uh, and we are a day removed from the leak of the Avengers 2 Age of Ultron trailer. Uh, and Robert being one of the more hardcore uh, comic and superhero uh, readers and followers that I know... Uh, we had to wax on it had to had to get his 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 hot take on it cuz I was the first one that showed you right
1: that's correct i was anticipating it on this coming tuesday that's when they announced it would be shown would be after or during agents of shield
0: and what were you expecting out of it was there anything that you kind of had expectations for i don't know how much you've been keeping with the news or how much you've been trying to like kind of hide
1: from yourself I have a confession. Okay. From San Diego, there was a full description of the trailer. Really? There was no footage. There was a very brief audio leak, which was interesting, Hmm. and it actually contained some dialogue that wasn't in this trailer. Hmm. But So the beats were revealed. But I think it's all the more impressive that having known every one of those shots or ideas that was going to be shown, it still blew me away. Yeah. Yeah, and... I cannot wait. So you knew that the Hulkbuster armor was in it? You knew that Hulkbuster, my personal favorite, the version of Ultron one point oh, one of my favorite things, the the Captain America Cracked Shield, what else? Just the appearances of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. all that was kind of disclosed in a description. But like I said, still I'm amazed that Having known all that was going to happen, I still was like, I had no idea. Yeah. Does, what,
0: should regular, all right. I have no idea why Hulk and Iron Man are fighting. Uh, In a broad context, in a comic context, in this context. Do you know exactly why, or would you only be speculating as to the story that they're telling in this?
1: Classic Avengers lore. Avengers number one, the Avengers are founded by Thor, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Wasp, and the Hulk. That's Avengers number one. Am I missing anybody? I better not. I'd be completely uh, just failing my whole upbringing. They go through issue two and fight somebody. They actually might even do this in issue. I don't know if it's issue two or three. The Hulk quits. The Hulk is a founding Avenger. He hangs out for all of like one adventure, and he's like, all right, I'm a loner. I'm out of here. So the relationship that Hulk has had with the Avengers in comic has never really been anything. It's Mm. been antagonistic some of the time. They did a big World War Hulk storyline where it was straight antagonistic. But he's never really been a big player. So in this film, I don't really know what the circumstances are. But I'm not surprised that it's finally kind of coming to a head. Mm -hmm. I will say that I hope... He is an Avenger by the end of the film because I like the take much more that he's an Avenger than that he's a loner.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else? Are uh, were you taking away from the trailer
1: when they announced that James Spader would be Ultron? It didn't really hit me in the potential of that performance or. In any time someone's announced as, like, a robotic or a cybernetic villain, like, how you can really bring that much voice to a performance. But, man, James Spader strikes fear into you and interest, and he's a bad guy that's intimidating. But I wouldn't say I'm going to root for him, but just damn impressed by him. Yeah. Amazing. I think they're doing a good job, too, of, like, you know, a lot of second-tier characters, you know, in, like, Hawkeye or even Thor. It's, like, really Keeping your interest up in these characters, yeah, yeah. One more really great thing that I'd like to just bring up is for all the amazing stuff we saw in that trailer, we still did not see a huge, huge part of that story at all. Are you aware of what I'm referring to? Uh, the are we going back to the Infinity Gauntlet? No, we are not. Even okay. though I am very excited to see how they'll tie in the other threads of Phase Two mm-hmm. into Age of Ultron. We did not see any of the vision, the vision being the android that Ultron will create for his purposes, but will not go according to plan. So there's still a major character, a major plot point Hmm. in that movie that you didn't see any of in that trailer. Okay. It's huge. If you'd like to check out something cool, if you'd like to see the the eight-part preview poster they released for san diego it's like eight individual posters that make one huge image Uh of each of the avengers fighting an army of ultrons okay there's one figure floating in the distance with like a cape and he's just levitating you can't really see any distinguishing details that's vision and like i said Hmm. that's going to be a huge huge part of this story okay damn uh
0: it looked much darker uh then it had a much uh heavier tone than the previous avengers movie i don 't know if it's uh things get darker before the dawn type of deal they're going for, but they also do have all the movies in between um was you kind of i don't know especially we talked about like some of the warner brothers d c universe stuff and how like that just is all gonna be fucking bleak City and everything uh no yeah. jokes allowed literally um. So how'd you feel about that in comparison to like what we were talking about with all the, the DC stuff?
1: I hope you're right about the darkest before the dawn aspect. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, I really hope by the end of the film or maybe in Avengers 3, we see a return of Bruce Banner or the Hulk. I get the need to have some dramatic variation and that things can't be rosy all the time. Yeah, But I think a large part of Marvel's success in films in general And with the Avengers is the kind of the high spirits of what's going on. Yeah. So I think that they're going to realize that they're going to have a huge conflict and there's going to be a lot of damage and things will never be the same, quote unquote, or whatever. But I hope that that doesn't overtake it too much.
0: One thing that kind of made me nervous about the trailer and I didn't realize this until about maybe the second or third time that I watched it because I was just so excited and, you know, trying to pick up on any little nuances I could find that I could find not knowing really much about everything else that you know. Uh, But it, I hope it doesn't fall into the familiar territory that a lot of other superhero and other just big blockbuster, big budget movies have kind of fallen prey to in the big like city destruction climax scenes, especially most recently with like Superman and Transformers and Star Trek uh, and even Guardians kind of did it a little bit as well. Very briefly, uh, but like it like they knocked down like one or two big buildings in that I believe that I can remember. Oh, yeah, um, before Chris Pratt started to, to dance and everything was OK. Um but like it looks like they're kind of waltzing into that as well, which was like even though there was a huge alien invasion on New York in the first one, like nothing really fell.
1: Right. Like there was a
0: lot of crumble and debris and stuff like that. But like I don't know, that was that was kind of a another little refreshing thing. Uh, what I don't know, I'm just getting a little nervous about that
1: for this. No, like, I think it's a good point. Like. It's one of the it's it's it just
0: seems like it's an easy way to make it seem like everything is fucked.
1: Yeah. It's kind of become the shorthand for stakes. It's like, oh, here are the stakes. And really in good filmmaking and storytelling, you usually have to have relationships and personal character arcs Mm -hmm. that can really inform a good amount about stakes. Yeah. As opposed to just a body count or a Michael Bay type style. Calamity mm. ensuing. So I don't know. I have a lot of faith faith in Joss Whedon. Yeah. And I really hope that he'll know that there are so many conventions out there now that he needs to avoid some of them. I'm not quite certain. I know they have to draw and have these big images. Because
0: but- I also feel like it's, it's an easy way for certain movies to use that, and like you said, use it as stakes, but also if you're going to be dealing with the fallout and aftermath after that, it's an easy way to be like, this has literally changed the face of the earth and changed the complexion of what we're dealing with. But I feel like they did, a, they did that same exact thing very well and addressed it very well with the fact that there's aliens coming out of the motherfucking sky in Avengers. And like after that happens in Iron Man 3, they fucking deal with it. They go through his fucking, his uh, 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 post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. with that. And, and yet, the shape of things have changed internally. Like, inside. we're all, we've talked about this before. Game has changed. Absolutely. You know? And it's, it, that just seems like a little bit more cerebral. And I'm just hoping it doesn't fall into a sequel trap of has to be bigger, has to be more, has to be more basically.
1: I hope not. You know, Captain America, Winter Soldier was excellent.
0: Still need to see it.
1: It's, it's definitely worth a watch. And a lot of people have agreed along with Avengers and Iron Man one, the top would yeah. round out the top three of the Marvel. That's films. all I've heard. It's wonderful. And it does do a good job of, it does have the same sort of intrigue and, Oh, we're fucked in all these aspects, but it does really lay a lot of good groundwork for going forward. These films, can have a different tone and we can explore different ideas without having to have a massive demolition derby in the middle of a city, yeah. even though Captain America's climax didn't involve that possibility. It doesn't really get to that point. I hope that I just brings me back to empire, you know, and thinking that that's really the, the gold standard of what you can do in taking a sequel and exploring darker ideas with it, but still making a really entertaining film that does give you a reason to want to see the third one. Yeah. So, and you know, hopefully, now that I think about it, I'm more glad about Guardians of the Galaxy now because Age of Ultron threatens to be so serious, almost yeah. that we have yeah. Guardians of Galaxy to come back in, <laughs> maybe with Guardians Two, and be like, "Why is everyone so unhappy?" Yeah, like Rom. We're, we're like talking Ant-Man. raccoon. Could be Ant Man. Absolutely, Ant Man as well. Yeah,
0: especially with. And the more I thought about it, so bummed. So bummed. I
1: still am bummed that Edgar Wright is no longer on that
0: project and whatever went down,
1: went down. Uh, That's the worst thing to happen to the Marvel Cinematic Plan so far. Yeah.
0: Um, Which, considering that... And it sucks because of what could have been, Mm -hmm. but it's still... I don't know how big a role they planned on Ant-Man playing in this universe, but from my perspective
1: as an outsider
0: in the bigger picture, at least it was just Ant-Man.
1: If that makes sense. It definitely seems like it. And especially with a lot of the star names that they pulled, Mm -hmm. it seemed well. And with Edgar Wright, it seemed like they did want to keep their distance. Although I think with all those films, you're really best served incorporating and yeah, I would flip. I mean, I haven't even seen it. It hasn't even been shot yet. But if I saw Paul Rudd as Ant-Man and then saw him as Ant-Man in Avengers 3, you'd bet my fanboy meter would probably explode again. And what I was getting at was I'm
0: cooling off a little bit and becoming a little bit more faith restored in Ant-Man in that uh, it is like... It sounds like Paul Rudd is working pretty close with Adam McKay, who picked up writing the the script. And they've added some sequences and stuff like that. But the fact that they're working close together yeah. uh is reassuring, especially considering that uh as far as like comedies go, uh Edgar Wright and Adam McKay, as well as Phil Lord and Chris Miller right now, probably have like the three best track records. Uh, in in Hollywood, as far as comedy goes, McKay's being the longest, if I or at least the most body of work, because even you know going uh, yeah the first thing him and Farrell worked on was Anchorman, yep, uh, which you know became a hit after the fact. And it's going on, uh, what,
1: like 12 years ago? Yeah, I think it was
0: '03. So, yeah, it's going to be 12 years coming up. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I mean, everything they did after that, uh, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers. I haven't seen the other guys, but people say it's great. Um, and even, again, I've said this before, Anchorman 2, all the original stuff was funny. All the shit that sounded like a studio note came off like a studio note. Um, so, yeah. It's I. It is in good hands. At least that he's writing it. Whatever happens once it's being shot, you
1: know that that's also that's still a that's still up in the air. We it's still will a big see. question mark. Also, that film is doing a lot to stray from source material. Not that that ever is necessarily a good or a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I'm a little. Concerned about the amount of characters and the people they have involved. And And Evangeline Lilly. I'm not a fan. Very much not a fan. I've told this to Rich before, but I I don't don't think a lot of people are. No. Oh, my God. You know, the dream casting for that, the rumor was that was going to be Rashida Jones. Damn. Could you imagine a Paul Rudd, Rashida Jones comedy romance superhero movie?
0: Yeah. It's I Love You, Man with superheroes.
1: Exactly. It'd be wonderful. I think that Ant-Man presents something that DC, or ooh Jesus that oh. Marvel would really want to do in that there's a thought of origins in superhero movies. Like everybody knows Batman's origin, Superman's origin. It's commonly thought we don't ever need another Batman or Superman film to deal with those aspects. Yeah. Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman probably won't, definitely shouldn't, but probably won't deal with his origin any which is a good move because we know it. Yes. Ant-Man. There's a show about it. Exactly. Which, which we'll talk about. We will. But Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor <laughs> Strange, I think it's a good move that, that uh, Marvel uses these films maybe to tell that origin story and then throw them in when they can or when yeah. they need them.
0: It's interesting, too. I, was, uh, I mean, the more you look at them, it's not exactly any sort of like secret or whatever, but like, Marvel's making genre movies. You Absolutely. Know? Like you know, like we said, Man is going to be their blatant comedy, and 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 and
1: even Guardians of the Galaxy was like their alt comedy. Yeah. You know, uh, Avengers is the tentpole. Yeah. The summer blockbuster.
0: Uh, Doctor Strange is going to be their weird fantastical <clears throat> sort of mystical movie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which it seems like. Have you heard who's the latest front runner for that? It's I've not. I've heard Walking a of Phoenix lot anymore. of
1: names. There's a lot of names out there. A lot of. Names. Pretty
0: much, if you're a white dude, uh, you've got a shot.
1: Yeah, if you're a slightly off white dude, yeah. you're definitely getting cast as Doctor Strange. Yeah. Who have you heard as a front runner? The
0: front runner as it stands right now, I've heard is Colin
1: Farrell. Okay, I've heard that. Not not into that. There was someone else. There was I forget what the name who it was, but there was mm-hmm. another name they threw out that I thought did have a lot of potential. Yeah. Can't remember.
0: Okay. It uh, who knows? There could be fifteen more names.
1: From now till, you know, when it actually does get cast. They need to pull out a Black Panther movie. That'd kick ass. There, There's very possibly some connections in Age of Ultron to to Black Panther, Mm which will be neat. There's a lot of... I know this is really trivial, but... The metals of the Marvel Universe, there's adamantium, mm-hmm. uh, which is what makes up Wolverine's skeleton is unbreakable. There's vibranium, which is another very important metal. It's the shield, right? Yes. It's actually, my understanding is that, it's, it's that Cap's shield is an adamantium, vibranium alloy, yes. yeah, yeah, which makes right. it indestructible. But vibranium's only found one place in the world, and that's, I think it's called Wakanda, which is the kingdom of Black Panther. Awesome. So... And then again there's a lot of thought of what Ultron will be made out of, what he'll choose to make his body out of. So more connections that could pop up. Okay. Um shit, yeah. Uh
0: the origin stories of Batman. Oh boy. Let's just go to it. Uh we've been watching Gotham since day 1 together.
1: It's been great. It's our Monday night uh uh, what's it? Ritual. Ritual. There yeah. You R- should, ritual. You need to start a show called The Ritual.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's that's going to be my own personal podcast project, The Ritual. The Ritual. Uh, God damn it. Of all the fucking podcasts that we've done, fuck that being the best name of any of them. That's pretty dope. Like, huh? I, I, fuck. Fuck. Because I don't even know what it's going to be. But I gotta do it now. Fuck. Alright, moving on. Uh, Gotham. I I would just like to express we're five episodes in right now.
1: Yes, five.
0: I just want to express my personal delight and pleasure and 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 how much I appreciate watching this show with you. Because as much as you've just waxed about the Marvel universe, you I, I think anyone that has known you for any extended period of time, anyone who just met you, uh will know you are a walking talking uh Batman Encyclopedia Britannica.
1: Like a disciple.
0: Yeah. And watching Gotham with you is such an enriching experience that I I I can't watch the show any other way. I the, the most ritualistic that I've been no pun intended about any other show has was Walking Dead. Because the first few seasons, uh a lot of people would come over to my apartment to watch it, but these are also the same people that are either A just looking for the gore and when there wasn't a lot of gore, they'd be like pissed. There was Checked literally out. Yeah. yeah, there'd be literally like one guy that would bring a stopwatch and fucking count how long it's been in between fucking zombie scenes. And when that's not you're like you're doing that and you're completely missing the entire fucking point of any zombie movie ever. Of any horror movie ever. But yeah, and then, or they'd be the type to like talk in between stuff, or like, just like whenever there were like big tension building moments, they'd be like, oh, uh, oh my God, I can't, I can't stand it, or whatever. And completely, you're completely breaking the tension that the show is doing a very good job of building. Yeah, really. And, and it would just, I couldn't do it. I liked, I respected the show too much. I liked the show too much and I wanted to experience it the way it was meant to be experienced. And so I would literally hole myself up in my room and wait until the show is over, wait until they all left, like download the show and then watch it an hour
1: after it fucking aired. Wow. I'm sorry, Rich. Well, first of all, thank you for, for your compliment about watching Gotham with me. But I'm sorry you had such a an ordeal having to enjoy Walking Dead because our stupid... Acquaintances well, it's, are idiots.
0: It's it's not like I approached anybody about it either. Like like, hey guys, fucking knock it off or whatever. Sure. Um, I would just like keep it to myself. Like, oh yeah, no, you guys go ahead. Uh, and then, um, they like invited me or like asked like, oh, how come you never watched with us or whatever. I'm just like, well, to be honest. And then like people sort of adhered to the rules or tried their best. So give them that. That's good. Um, and and I I hope. It enriched the experience for everybody. Uh, and yeah. Um, but aside from that, Gotham. Uh, I've talked about it with him a little, a little bit on the podcast. And it is... is—it's If you're looking for a prestige show that's going to be winning Emmys and shit like that, it, it, that's not your show. It is a very flawed show. It's a good show. If you have any interest in in... The characters in Batman's world, it's a good show. It and especially this past episode, it seems to have been finding its groove. Absolutely. But one of my favorite things is and will always be is watching the show, something subtle happens, and in my peripheral, I see your like head move, or I hear you go. <sighs>
1: And and I, I hit pause. I'm just like, what up, dog? Oh, man. It's a great show, like you said. It's a great flawed show. It's a great show as a Batman fan, and it's a great show if you somehow had never heard of Batman. I really think so. You know, it's a little cookie-cutter in some aspects, but mm. it really, like you said, is finding its groove and its voice. And I think that it's beginning to weed out the elements that don't serve it so well and doubling down on what is working for the show,
0: and I think that's any show honestly, like if you rule out a show based on its pilot, you're not you're doing it a service to yourself and the show mm-hmm. you know unless it completely just one hundred percent turns you off and it's just utter schlock, right, then you're perfectly right, and you know just chucking it to the side, but yeah, like uh uh. Last year we talked about this again brooklyn nine nine was it started out and it was good it was fine it, it you know had its moments it was pretty funny but then about like eight to ten episodes in, it started to find its voice and it and and the you could see the cast sort of knowing each other better and and knowing how to play each other better and how to play off each other and and the writing staff sort of finding its, you know, again, its voice and and just how to be the show it's going to be. Uh, and I really like what, what's been some of your biggest takeaways from Gotham so far?
1: Well, I was just about to ask you if there was something that stood out as like a favorite scene. Um, so you just like like what what elements do I think are working the best for the show or?
0: Yeah, like what stood out to you um, is are you? Kind of surprised at how much attention to detail they're paying, uh, how much... This, all right, here's something that we talked about, is like how many storylines they're pulling from. Right. And how many things, you know, old and new that they're actually incorporating into the script.
1: You know, um, I'm trying to sort of condense everything down into like one general unified compliment about the show i think what it's doing is it's establishing its credentials to be the batman show but also it's taking the lead to write that history it's we're not looking to just be retold the same stories we know we're looking to see those gaps filled in to see the stories we haven't seen before and so i think that as it takes the ownership and is brave enough to do those stories Um, it really pays off because I'm all about the references and I do think that they're doing a good job incorporating the history, but that alone won't won't make it go season after season or make someone who doesn't care about those things like I do tune in. It's doing a great job of that. I think that the storylines that most have me at the moment are absolutely number one with the bullet is the Penguin. The Penguin saga is... Is killing. I could take a whole show just about the ping. I looked up that actor's name. It's like Robert Lord Robert Taylor. Lord Taylor. Yeah, it he actually
0: he did a spot on The Walking Dead last season, um, just a one episode sort of thing. Um, and then uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but he came back for a brief moment in the season premiere of this current season of Walking Dead. Uh like not even a line or anything. Just a very subtle, like if you catch it, awesome. If not, we're good. We're moving on. But if you catch it, it's dope as fuck. Um and yeah, they they talked about it on Talking Dead about like he came like straight from the Gotham set, like cotton costume or whatever. It's like, hey, what's up, everybody? All right, cool. <coughs> I'm out. Let's go. Um, thanks for having
1: me. Uh yeah, he's he's good. That's, that guy's good. It's awesome. That is by far I mean What a story, you know, and the performance he's putting in is not overpowering, but it's completely original. Love that. I was very worried about Harvey and Gordon and Mm -hmm. Bullock and Gordon seeing, but as we mentioned, this fifth episode, I think they're really getting the tone of that together. There's lots less squabbling. The roles are sort of accepted. They've kind of they know who each other are and how they're going to act, and I think that as really the focal point of the show needs to be maintained, and that needs to be doable because the Penguin can be as great as I want him to be, but if Gordon and Bullock suck or bore, I think that'll tank the show. But luckily, they seem to be doing the opposite of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ben McKenzie is doing a good job of just being unoffensive as Gordon. Yes.
1: And just like not fumbling the ball. He's doing fine. I think so. And I think that's gonna be his role for maybe the majority of this series.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's gonna be his role in any role he gets cast in ever. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's solid. He's not gonna you know where you're gonna get. Um, and like he can be
1: that do-gooder guy to like, you know
0: that he's Gord.
1: He's a young Gord. He's like our avatar, like for the city. Like yeah. how yeah. we as normal people enter the corrupt city of God.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas Donald Logue uh, who mullet's been carrying the Donald Logue banner apparently for longer than I knew he was. Um, he's great. I've never, you know, I never watched Terriers or anything like that. But I know people love that show. Um, I, 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 I love any any episode with Harvey Bullock in it. I am, I'm
1: in and I'm watching full attention. Uh, he's he's been doing great. I love him. Agreed. And I think that that character, as it's been written in a lot of different medium has the potential to become very flat, very two dimensional. Got to give a shout out to the animated series again for making Bullock very, very three dimensional, loud and brash and Mm -hmm. kind of an asshole, but also a a non corrupt, not that corrupt good cop who cares about Gordon and cares about the city. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that again, that they don't, they don't sell Bullock out and make him just a corrupt foil to Gordon. Like, no, a three-dimensional guy who lives in this city. Yeah. Uh, And can I, I just, I I don't,
0: if you have anything to say about this, awesome. If not, I just got to give it up for Richard Kind, cast as the motherfucking mayor of Gotham. I fucking love Richard Kind. Ever since Spin City, anything he's ever done, he was in most recently like Obvious Child. I fucking love Richard Kind. He's so unique. Uh, just as as what he is, uh, and I would I I would have never cast him as the mayor of Gotham, ever. I wouldn't see him as the mayor of Gotham, and he's fucking crushing it in my opinion.
1: He's doing fantastic, and this is not being mean at all, but just coming to my mind, it's like you either have to be evil, crazy, or stupid to want to be the mayor of Gotham City, and he's got to be. Maybe a little of each, but yeah, just a dope. Yeah, They're he's like, definitely got two of those in there. Right. Why would you want to be the mayor of Gotham mm-hmm. City?
0: Yeah. um, Would, would you, you ever run for mayor of Gotham City?
1: I don't think so. No, no yeah. I wouldn't run for any political errand. office, but man, that'd be disgusting.
0: Uh, How many references have you found in the show to the Joker? Because we've talked about how they're, you know, we've mentioned before about how they're going to, like, plant in, like, sprinkles. Like, maybe there's some red herrings or something like that about the Joker.
1: Right. Have you? How many have you seen? And I got a question after that as well. I'm glad you brought this up because I had something to bring to the table. I've been reading about theories that that Penguin is the Joker or will be the Joker. Uh, somebody on Reddit, yeah. Reddit posited this. This is not worth our time. I just okay. I had to bring it up just yeah. to shoot it down and tell them stop it. That you're dumb. Please don't read into it that much. Please don't discredit Robert Lord Taylor Taylor Lord. Robert Lord Taylor. Yeah. Robert Lord Taylor, great name. It's like Alfred Lord Tennyson, the yeah. poet. Um that don't discredit the phenomenal effing job he's doing. Yeah, That will not happen. There's been one solid reference. Was that the one in the, the pilot? No, that is a straight red herring. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Yeah, and I I definitely picked up on it that there's a stand-up comedian performing for Fish Mooney. That's just a reference. The one solid reference is that the Arkham plan that is taking place will be Arkham along with a waste disposal (laughs) site, Mm -hmm. which that, to me, spoke to the future site of Access Chemical or Ace Chemical, Mm -hmm. depending on what iteration we're talking about. But that is the first reference to someday some crook will fall into some chemicals at that site and we'll have our Joker.
0: What would you say would be the earliest
1: that they could or should introduce the Joker? We've talked about age differences a lot and we've we've pinned Bruce at like 12. We've pinned Penguin at like mid to late 20s 20s. we've pinned gordon at early to mid 30s Mm -hmm. i it's a really tough the joker is so iconically one individual that his mythology is not something i'd really want to like hint at or something without having that one individual on the horizon but i think age-wise you're gonna have to do that i think honestly the joker is such a long way away from this point I don't know what you're gonna do exactly i I'm gonna try and think on this a little more before like, the podcasts over.
0: they introduce him at the end of the season. That's a bad move, right?
1: yeah, it's just not gonna be him I mean like close of the-
0: like right before the credits you see a joker card
1: I think you're taking away a lot of the steam it's doing with everything else yeah, I think you need i think you set up access chemical, I think you set up. Maybe through references of like no one would ever be crazy enough to do X, Y, and Z. Or what's the motivation? He's gotta be doing it. Maybe if people start doing things not for money or for power, yeah. It's like everyone's got a motivation, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you start bro. hinting at there in this show of all these incredible characters and villains, there is still gonna be someone who's gonna blow everyone away and yeah. wreck their shit. But I gotta admit, I don't I don't think we're ready. I think we're kind no, of ways off from being I was,
0: I was talking with you about this last night, two nights ago, about how, or maybe it was fucking Monday night, uh, about how with all of the supervillains that they've already established in just these five episodes, by the time you fully flesh them out, you could have season long arcs, you know, with per like per supervillain. And, you know, not with them obviously like being ultimately thwarted at the end or whatever. They're, of course, obviously going to live to fight another day. But while also in between throughout the rest of the season, having your procedural, you know, police work to do for the rest of each episode, have your A and B and C plots. Right. Um, you know, and, and yeah, like I, I think if they play this right, they don't have to rush anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. We talked a lot about pacing, and I think that that layout is a really great way to go seasons. Yeah, while still feeding people's you know need or want for some of these grander, iconic things without just you know not doing them right. Something that just occurred to me, real quick, yeah. is that again, based on the layout and geography of, let's say, waste disposal plant, aka what I think Access Chemical to Arkham being next door. I think there's I think if you're looking at a long term joker plan, a lot more focus of joker coming from Arkham, that spirit of the evil or the insanity mm-hmm. something I just thought of this, maybe just a janitor at Arkham would is someday just going to become yeah the joker, yeah, last thought on this too' it's like you need you need a Batman kind of to have a joker yeah. to kind of play off of each other, mm-hmm. so that's another reason why I don't know when that will happen but look to arkham and the waste disposal site to see more joker references are you afraid they're going to
0: try to build a joker origin like too much like really see the 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 breakdown of this guy and actually try to try to piece together what made a joker when like in theory you can't really do that
1: i am a, and you bring up a good point that since they do have to like fill episodes Right, you know, the best portrayals of them have been have either kept that murky or or haven't addressed it at all. You know, Heath Ledger and Dark Knight they don't address it at, at all. all, which is a good move for that for that universe. The Killing Joke addresses a lot of it, but even the Joker himself says that he remembers things kind of the way he wants to. He the exact yeah. quote is like, "If I was going to have a past, I'd prefer it be multiple choice," and so. I do, but you got to give them something. Like, unreliable narrator sort of deal. Right. Uh, All right. uh, Killing joke, real quick.
0: I I probably asked you this before. the fuck is the deal with the Red Hood? What the fuck is the Red Hood? And why does it look so goofy?
1: That's that's like, what is it? I think it's, I used to know this issue number by heart. I think it's Detective 151 is the first origin of the Red Hood and the origin of the Joker. Uh Uh-huh. It's just, it was just, that came out in like 53. I mean, they were reaching, you want to look at some weird stuff sometime, look at some 50s era Batman stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, he goes to space, he like fights dinosaurs, it's weird. So the Red Hood is tame by comparison. Not a lot of symbolism there, although I am behind on Scott Snyder's run. Mm -hmm. I know that he's done a lot to incorporate that stuff in his zero year arc. I haven't read much. I've read some of Scott Snyder's stuff. It's really fucking good. So I think that he's sort of fleshed out that mythology a lot more. However, aside from that, it's an iconic image, and it's been known, that was known to be like his alias or whatever temporarily, Mm -hmm. but not a lot more to go off of there. Always room to grow, though. Yeah. Uh,
0: Do we see any other characters in the DC universe? Has there I'm trying to remember if there's been a metropolis reference or not yet. There has not. There's not. I must As be thinking I've been about something else. For one, yeah.
1: And they're they have not delivered. A lot of the success of Green Arrow and Flash, I mean Flash was a backdoor pilot on on Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. I think DC has a lot of potential to step up its TV game while it's completely tanking its movie game. Yeah. I you know, would strongly again. Like by it. the way,
0: mm-hmm. they're tanking their movie game again. At least they're going to go through with this one. But years ago, I think like back in like '05, there was plans for a for a Justice League movie. Yeah, and they just completely like they had a cast and everything. The like common was going to be Green Lantern. I like common. I don't know where I'm going with that.
1: Hey, I'm all down with Common yeah. being Green Lantern.
0: Um, but yeah, and that fell through. Just and you know, but this one they're they're going through with. But, I, yeah.
1: I would love it if they did. Also, I think that you could pull a lot of heroes from old mythology. Here's the thing, too. We make this timeline work for us. If Bruce Wayne is still a boy, timeline-wise, there are a lot of golden age heroes who could start popping up, heroes who are 20 or so years old. Like older. who? The Justice Society of America okay. is the precursor to... Was, yeah, well, they're not really related that much, but in the Golden Age, back in the 40s and 50s, that was a superhero team, and that had the original completely unrelated Green Lantern, uh, the original completely unrelated Adam, Dr. Fate, Dr. Midnight, Sandman. Oh, man, the Golden Age Sandman. There's a lot of really cool heroes. We could go on on. also included a reference we talked about, the Spectre. Yes. So I'm yeah. thinking that... In the
0: pilot episode, very, very subtle. Could just be reading into things. Could not, because it's not like they've lit anything like that since.
1: It'd be worth it to go back and take a look at this. Would you like to describe it? Yeah, or? in
0: the in the pilot episode, there's a scene where uh, uh, Gordon and Bullock are in a diner right after the whole Mario Pepper thing?
1: Yes. Or right and, after the murder... Right after the Wayne murder.
0: Yeah. Yes. And uh, these two detectives from Major Crimes Unit uh, walk into the diner. It's Detective, uh, what's her name? Renee Uh, Montoya. Montoya. That's right. And uh, I completely don't remember the other guy's name. The other, the black
1: detective's name is Crispus Allen.
0: Crispus Allen. And as they walk in, uh, I think Allen walks in second. And as he walks in, there's uh, headlights coming in through the window that create this white background just illuminating, just backlighting him. Um, not like, you know, washing his face out or anything like that or like darkening out. It's not like a silhouette exactly, but it's not like anything that's been in the show before or since.
1: It's a it very, very intentional, a very deliberate lighting choice. Yeah. On Detective Allen.
0: It it was def- it, it, like not knowing anything about what, who is it, the spirit? Yeah, the specter. The specter, sorry, the specter. The specter is or anything like that, not knowing who this character is. uh It caught my attention. Yeah. And I had to, I stopped it and asked you. I'm like, is the, am I just reading into things or is that something? And you're like, oh, well, glad you saw that.
1: Yeah, I was. That was a very, very astute observation by Rich. He's a excellent pupil. <laughs> but for real, I mean, the the specter is like the spirit of vengeance who needs like a mortal host kind of to enact his justice. And so not the golden age specter, but the modern age specter is Crispus Allen, who Gotham city detective gets wrongly murdered spirit of vengeance comes and bonds with him, And he's this new (laughs) supernatural kind of hero in some iterations. He's been horribly brutal. Like almost wow. to the point of just being like anti-hero, but so uh, I think DC has a lot of cool stuff it could pull from non strictly Batman mm-hmm. that it could do a lot with.
0: Seems like the show is is very much, um, and it wouldn't be a bad. I mean, it's sort of the premise of the whole thing is just sort of the villains of Batman and stuff like that. We've already been introduced to you know uh, some of your core villains um you know uh your penguin your riddler uh your catwoman uh tweener um a very young ivy which like like don't bring don't bring her back until like fourth
1: season yeah you know don't
0: um because she's like younger than bruce wayne in this
1: it's uh, been announced we haven't seen him yet but harvey dent has been cast yes and announced so which how because this is i think what got us on the age topic
0: harvey isn't that much older i think he's a little bit older in my mind he's a little bit older than bruce wayne he's not that much older like does he come in as like a like a, a, a one of your like junior leaders of america or something like that like in high school or something like
1: it just occurred to me now, the age thing, I think he is like a grown adult. So we could see like assistant, assistant DA or something like that, uh-huh. or like young hotshot. However, seeing as how gung-ho Bruce has been about investigating, the relationship that's still capable of being formed between the two of them, regardless of age, is huge. Okay, And imagine how much yeah. more painful it would be for Bruce to see Harvey turn into Two-Face Having spent ten years of friendship with him, like yeah. not just not just casual friends, like oh, we fought crime together for like six months, and then he turned into Two Face. Yeah. Like I met Harvey when I was twelve, a young and he was age. twenty-two. Yeah, and then after ten years, this horrible thing happened. He was another him. mentor, another exactly father figure. So or might, like a
0: more of like a big brother figure,
1: big brother. Exactly. Yeah. So Just occurred to me now, but there might be a lot of potential in okay. that.
0: All right. I'm actually going to go through um, some, uh, just as far as casting goes, real quick. Uh, There has been one more casting, correct? Or uh, announcement of a character?
1: Yes, that's right. I just saw yesterday that Leslie Tompkins, the character, the doctor who in the comic lore is like the first responder to Bruce, uh, has been cast. That's a big, big plus. That's another huge relationship in the character's life. That's a great thing. Yeah.
0: So uh, it's it's just a nice little detail to show that they're kind of going that extra mile to pay homage, but also they're using, they're using it. They're using every bit of the the, the cow.
1: Exactly. Like I'm saying, you, you use, you make these references to establish your cred, but then once you have it, now you're writing it. You're not yeah. referencing it, you're writing it. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge thing. I think it's great.
0: Uh, also established in this past episode is a certain,
1: uh, a certain pharmaceutical enhancement. Yes, uh, which Rich which, gets full credit for calling this one. Well, probably yeah. ten minutes into the episode.
0: <laughs> uh, in in the episode, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert: uh, there's some dude just handing out like the, the he handed out this vial or whatever uh, of this drug called Viper, and I go, ooh well, what does a Viper have in his, vang- in his fangs? Venom. And as it turns out, it was the early prototype of what would eventually become uh, Venom uh, that they just straight up called. They just straight up said Oh, they oh, yeah. straight up said yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, it, this was Viper. It wasn't you know, ready. And now this company is making Venom.
1: It's pretty hilarious. So you've got like an old man to very slowly, deliberately say it.
0: Yeah, all this exposition, man. You got to like, it, like, I'm fine with them just hitting you in the face with certain things like that as long as they still keep peppering in all of the subtleties yes um and the easter eggs and stuff like that uh cause that's a good way of how to that's learning and emulating marvel in the right way yes um so that's you know by association you think venom you think bane um it'd be very interesting to see how they do bane uh, in a sort of story like this since Bane always traditionally came in so late and Batman's, like Batman's so super established usually by the time Bane uh, is a thing. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they approach that. And, you know, who knows? They might not even bring him until much later. Right. Um. But I do kind of want to go through a few of the other villains uh, in, in Batman history Um, and just kind of see if you think they would be a good addition and like what would be a cool way to kind of bring them in or something like that. Um, I just pulled up Wikipedia list on Batman villain. So, and it's in alphabetical order. So first on the top of the list is Anarchy, which is a character I wasn't introduced to until the most recent, uh, Arkham, uh, origins, uh, video game. So I, I don't know. I, again, I didn't, I didn't know who the hell he was. So I just thought he was like a, a made for game, uh, villain or, you know, antagonist. And, you know, it turns out he's an actual thing. What do you think about that?
1: That's a weird pull. That's a interesting character right there. I don't. know. That's a weird character right there. That character is actually like a little kid. It's uh-huh. like a twelve year old kid. Um, I think that it. Not to start this off with a complete shutdown, but no, that's when no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't invest much yeah. time into that one.
0: Because time wise, you would have to be like like two years old or something like that. Like something like
1: that. Yeah, it'd, it'd be like a baby. Yeah, it'd be like an anarchist baby. <laughs> which actually, we might be on to something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, black mask. That's a great one. Yeah. The amount of intrigue and just great storytelling we're getting out of the Falcone Moroni rivalry. I think his name is Sionis Roman Sionis. The that's another just big player on the street, uh, really driving that, the gangster lore of the city while combining the aspect of the new versus the old, like criminals used to be respectable this new Sionis boss never shows his face, yeah. so I think that's a, a very good possibility there.
0: Uh, I'm kind of also just sort of hitting ones that I'm I've heard of before. Like I've never heard of Blockbuster
1: before. I don't know if I should yeah have that's it. We talked to actually. I think that might be somebody who might be in the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Calendar Man. Calendar Man seems like it'd be a good bottle episode. It would be. That'd be excellent, especially. They've they've made it known that we're gonna get into Arkham, yeah. Which is a good thing because in a show all about villains, that's Mm -hmm. your you know, or even
0: like maybe like a a two or three episode arc,
1: yeah, for a a tier
0: villain like this.
1: I think you could do like a nice Silence of the Lambs type story in Batman Arkham City. You can find Calendar Man and speak with them, and it's very much like a Hannibal Lecter type conversation. So yeah, I think that's another good one. Also grounded enough that. Detective Gordon yeah. and Bullock could interrogate the yeah. calendar, man.
0: Um, and... Yep. Yeah, lost it. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Clayface. There's always been a villain I've been in, always intrigued by as far as, like, the origin of Clayface and, like, what it, what he was and,
1: you know, what he became and, like, what he can do. It's funny you bring that up. The uh, There's been four or five and each... One has had its different origin story. The first one was an actor yeah. didn't have any shape shifting abilities, was a serial killer. Another really great where we're talking bottle episode, couple episode arc for two police detectives. Um okay. could see that. Um there and then you could Work in either those themes about like disfigurement or identity or whatever. So something interesting, but I don't think it's going to be the Clayface everyone's expecting.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see the the direction they sort of take. And I think this will also be influenced if whether or not they bring out other DC heroes uh, into the world. Is you know we've always been used to a more grounded uh, Batman. Yes, and Gotham Universe. In that there's while there may be like these freaks or you know, just you know, deformed people or what have you. Um everyone's been mortal. Uh yes. and and not have and have not had like superpowers, you know, as it were, and or no shape shifting abilities. Um whereas there's a a large number of Batman villains that have these things. Yes. Uh whether they be, you know, sort of more supernatural or just superhuman or whatever, um, it'll be interesting to see be. what route they take.
1: I think on that topic, you're a lot more likely to see a killer croc. That's more like, essentially what I had in mind. Exactly. Then yeah. a clay face would only be such a stretch because it's so fantastical. Right. Whereas like we're talking killer croc whether we're talking full-on alligator man or just like there's you know there's crimes going on in the Mm -hmm. sewers there's like a thug a former freak show employee yeah that's something a lot more possible
0: Mm -hmm. i think the the more seasons it goes the longer goes i think the more likely it is to tread into some more supernatural and 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 science fictiony and you know territory stuff like that yeah i think Uh, more mystic type stuff uh, Something very not mystic, very down to earth,
1: Deadshot. Another Suicide Squad leader. Then like the primary Suicide Squad character. I think that's an interesting one. I just keep judging all these because I'm thinking to myself, is Bruce or Batman going to fight this villain or are Gordon and Bullock going to have to talk to this villain or confront them or something? Yeah. So I th- think that I think it's interesting. And and again, like,
0: you know, they wouldn't be thwarting. Well, they'd be thwarting, but they wouldn't be ending them. You know, you would just be kind of introducing them into the fold. And like, maybe this is their first foray or something,
1: you know? I think it's a, I think it's an interesting character. The connection to the Batman mythology is not that strong, to Mm -hmm. be honest. You know, he did first appear like, and he's actually pretty old. That's like another, like, 40s, 50s character. Yeah. But really, the the history is not really there. Yeah. So I'm not sure I'd go full on to that one. Uh, Deathstroke? That's not a bad one. And Green Arrow, or the Arrow show, has established Deathstroke already. Yeah. Um, as far as something we've talked about, mentorship for Bruce. If Bruce is going to become this ass-kicking, super-intelligent detective spirit of the night, he needs people to train him. And I I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't think it uncool if this mercenary becomes his – he pays him, like, teach me to fight. It's like, I have plenty of money. I know I'm 12 years old, but I have plenty of money. Yeah. And more than that, I think what would appeal to Deathstroke would be some sense of morality. And then again, that's another cool thing down the line if you, got a, you know, a the same sort of pupil – uh older mentor relationship that batman could be fighting his former friend and teacher mm-hmm. 10 years down the road another interesting very game. similar to batman begins in reich Goal. yes very, very similar. similar
0: um this I, th- I personally think i can sort
1: of see this one happening for sure firefly yeah well shout out to arkham origins for, for bringing up firefly because that's just a baller villain yeah and very underutilized so yeah absolutely
0: one, I think we're bound to see just because it's such a popular character. I think it's Harley Quinn. You can't go to a, a Comic-Con without seeing about 8,000 Harley Quins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think as soon as we step into Arkham, we're seeing some sort of hint towards a Harley Quinn
1: or something like that. Really underplayed, too, the significance of that origin of... Dr. Harleen Quinzel you know that's a a smart person and a psychologist for crazy people like they kind of gloss she's just so compelling now as a crazy criminal you know femme fatale that we really gloss over a very good origin story
0: and you know what I challenge you to do this
1: Warner Brothers and Fox TV
0: cast Tara Strong yeah show up yeah I think she could do it. I don't know if she can act, but she can voice act.
1: Don't have to make on she will be fine. she will be fine. Not that she needs it. She's very attractive. But I mean, you know, the 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 Harley makeup and shit like that. I could see it. Yeah. Fuck it.
0: She she can do the voice. She can definitely do it. Um. I don't think you do this just because of the name. Uh, you uh, I probably I could probably see, um, depending on when the movie comes out and all this stuff. Uh, but Professor Hugo Strange.
1: Another one that as long as we're setting up people early in his career or before his career and with Arkham on the horizon, good stuff. Before before we knew that Tom Hardy was going to be Bane, there was rumors that in The Dark Knight Rises he was going to be Hugo Strange. Wow. Yeah. It's also someone who at varying times has had knowledge of his identity. Yeah. So it's another really good thing. There's not a lot of foes who really know the bruce Batman connection. But he's one of them. Yeah. Or has And him. it, like, goes in and out. Right, so, yeah. right. It's, it's strange. Like um, I think a very more recent one, but I think it would be pretty easy to do, especially where we're at
0: in the story would be Hush.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: we're right there. We are. And that, that could be someone that comes, like, you know, just you can have throughout the series. You can series series regular almost.
1: Yeah, they you can see the growing relationship between Boyhood Batman friends. and Tommy Elliot. Yeah, boyhood friends. Just a just like a dark version, just like a Bruce who's a lot more selfish and psychopathic. But a great character, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh we talked about Killer Croc. Um let's see, uh this is one that seems to like always be in the games uh and has been in a lot of the comics that I've read. that I've always found like Curious that this is, even though it got established like back in the 40s, curious that they went with the Mad Hatter. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of Alice in Wonderland themed, not a lot, but there's enough between the Mad Hatter and uh, what, Tweedledum and Tweedledee or whatever. Like, it's like, what? Batman kind of went through a Lewis Carroll phase
1: for a little bit. Yeah, you try writing like 10 Golden Age comics a month. <laughs> That's what fucking Stan Lee did, man. Stan Lee had to come up with like eight stories every like six weeks. And I get
0: that, but it's always fascinating to see that like they keep coming back.
1: That's true. I don't know what the appeal I mean, I guess, I mean, all these characters have like a visual appeal, a thematic appeal. They all demonstrate psychological instability. So I think that that's a really great quality to the Mad Hatter. The interpretations of him in the animated series and in some comics have been really great too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Also just in the type of villains they've been confronting, this could be like a whole season arc of like, somebody is using mind control Mm -hmm. on our people. We don't know who, and we don't know how it's like, Oh, they're all wearing hats. That sounds so weak, but you get the idea. Um,
0: One, I actually mentioned uh, in the first scene of uh, this past episode when the guy inhaled the Viper uh, and got super strong and went and started just like chugging down gallons of milk. Guy at the convenience store was like, bro, what you doing? He's like, don't vex me, mere mortal. I'm just like, oh, should we get a little Maxi Zeus maybe?
1: Right, right.
0: Uh would that be a thing? Could that be a thing? Should it be a so. thing.
1: Again, you know, crime boss, gangster element plus, Thinks being Zeus, being crazy. Yeah, you got to understand that a lot of this this whole mythology breaks down in a lot of core elements. One of them's urban decay, mm-hmm. Great Depression, twentieth century crime, and and psychosis, and that combines two of those right there. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, another interesting person which my favorite scene in the series so far was when Gordon had to sit down with Maroni and the penguin yeah. and tell his story yeah. and I would I want to see Gordon Gordon needs to know that this is Gotham like you're gonna have to sit down with a mobster who's threatening to kill you you're gonna have to sit down with a guy who thinks he's a Greek god <laughs> but you can't write it off' it's like no. you write it off you're gonna get killed yeah. you have to be able to you have to If you know the city and you're going to survive in Gotham, you have to be able to deal with these characters. Yeah.
0: Um, Another character that I think could be introduced in a way very similar, I think a little bit more down the road, but in a way very similar to how we're getting uh, the Riddler,
1: Edward Nygma, uh, Mr. Freeze. I've heard rumors. I haven't seen any casting and I haven't seen any reference, Mm -hmm. but I've heard that Freeze is supposed to pop up. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely
0: enough you know, scientific corporations uh in Gotham for him to just be working there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know. Um, and that's that's very that's definitely an easy one to yeah. do. penguin there, poison ivy. Russell Cool
1: Personally I've never been crazy about it. I thought the films did a really good job and I I think that it works in his origin very well to have this, like, league of assassin assassins and be training and all that. But mm-hmm. I think it's pretty big. I think it's a t- big time investment that I wouldn't normally do. Um, the hipster alternative to Raz al Ghul or Ray al Ghul would be Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage is a DC villain who has been around. He's, like, immortal. Mm-hmm. And we're not just talking like a couple thousand years. He's like a caveman who got intelligence and an eternal life. So we have like a guy who is conquered and fought like in every era imaginable. Hmm. So I would maybe change it up, do something a little more interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. And also... Uh,
0: Again, I think it would also kind of depend on on which route they're going and having to sell the Lazarus pits, right? Because the the movies did a really good job of of uh, changing that and not having that and still
1: selling it. Yeah, um, I don't. I just find it. It's just like ninjas. It's like you just want ninjas in the show. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ninjas. There you go. I don't know. Some, I don't mean to boil it throw down. Throw some Foot Clan at them. Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
0: Uh, S- uh, Scarecrow. That's, We're going to get Scarecrow. That's
1: the one that's been in my mind this, for most of this conversation. That's the biggest potential and the next biggest character. They need to figure out Riddler because right now— I'm not down exactly with this approach. We're a little
0: split on this.
1: Yeah, I get it. It's cool. I don't see how they're going to make it evolve, though, Yeah, which is what worries me. But definitely Scarecrow. Again, we're going to get to Arkham, and top of that list, we're going to see Jonas Arkham, probably, or someone in the Arkham family, Mm -hmm. and Professor Crane. And that's going to be huge. And that I look forward to, too. Uh I hope... Last thing, I hope that that's another relationship that Bruce can can confront personally. Like, I want to see a 12-year-old, because this kid is a pretty good performer, but I'd like to see a 12-year-old Bruce walk up and have a discussion. And of course, everyone thinks he's a kid, they try and brush him off, but then some of these people start to pick up that this kid's not fucking around. Yeah. And it which, probably worries a lot of them.
0: Which kind of, that idea got introduced again in episode five, right? When he approached one of the Wayne...
1: Executives, yeah. Or one of the Wayne upper management people yeah. was like, tried to play him off and be all coy, but they they not know.
0: started slapping down some facts.
1: Yeah, he's a troublemaker and a muckraker and whatever. Uh,
0: this next one, I think we've probably already seen and heard the reference as a street uh, to this, but Solomon Grundy. Um, I don't know why I like Solomon Grundy. Uh, Everybody does. Yeah. It's just like fascinating. Um, It's like
1: kind of a zombie. Yeah. Uh, Well, we talked about this once about Gotham being like the supernatural apex of the DC universe. Yeah. And, and like we talked on earlier or touched upon earlier about, are they going to be bold enough to kind of go, go supernatural or or crazy with it i hope that they do you know yeah f- fuck being you know the real world or whatever christopher nolan did it it was great i want to see want to see solomon grundy
0: yeah you know he was born on a monday right he
1: was and then he did a bunch of other stuff through the week that i can't remember uh <laughs> <laughs> it was chris no he was born on a monday christened on a tuesday married on a wednesday died on a thursday Risen on a Friday, I think.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to take your word on that one. I don't. I I did know it at one point. Um, Tweedledum, Tweedleday. Again, sort of the same thing. Two Face. Uh, ooh, I could see this one happening. The ventriloquist.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In the same vein as Penguin, of these up and coming like lieutenants in the crime world of Gotham. That are just a little more unhinged and a little more colorful than their Guido predecessors. Yeah. Uh, And last one on this list
0: is uh, one I could easily see being like half a season arc or something like that. Just because it's very straightforward. It's very cop-like. Victor Zazz.
1: There was a, a bumper trailer already. Really? He like walked into the headquarters and he's like, my name is Victor Zazz. And I'm here to see Detective Gordon.
0: Oh, so it's already cast and everything? Yeah. Oh shit! Nice. Okay. Um, sweet. Uh, well then that answers that. Oh yeah. Um, trying to just look through some of these. I don't know who Mister Toad is. Son of Pig. I don't know what's going on here? Grant Morrison and stuff. I guess.
1: Yeah. Which the the doll maker that they referred to ah, when they were kidnapping right those here. kids. The pig mask that the balloon man was wearing. A lot of people think that these are references to okay. these latter-day Grant Morrison Scott Snyder villains.
0: You did sort of mention that, like, you were referenced a few more recent type of uh, uh, storylines, or that they've been referencing. Yeah,
1: those are the characters that are in those storylines. I I did not read those, so I'm not very up to date on their deal. Okay, but I know that they're there.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: Dollmaker's right there. Um, you know, I didn't read this. Oh, I didn't read anything. But the breakout story that Scott Snyder wrote had to deal with James Gordon Jr., I think is his name, Gordon's first son. And again, this is a little... It couldn't be Gordon's son in Gotham, maybe his nephew or his younger brother. But he was a real character that they just kind of swept under the rug. And what he does is he comes back... And they're not sure if he's killing people or not. So here it is. James Gordon's son might be a murderer. Well, that was the first that was the breakout thing that Scott Snyder wrote. It's called the black black mirror, I think.
0: Okay. well, that would imply that, um, you know, in this Gotham universe that uh Gordon and uh, Barbara are actually going to, you know, make it work and, you know, get over uh, his affair with Montoya or her affair with Montoya.
1: I hate Barbara Gordon so much. It's the worst part of the show. Yeah, she's pretty bad. I was
0: trying to give her a little slack uh, towards the beginning
1: of the show. And man, it's pretty rough. It's nothing personal, Miss, but I don't want to see that character anymore. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of,
0: like, tertiary uh and just, you know, very, man, a lot of very obscure other villains that, yeah, we don't, yeah, we can, don't have to talk about people like King Shark or uh, King
1: Tut, maybe. It'd be funny to see some reference to the Adam West Batman. They haven't really done that at all. That would be hilarious, though. I'd lo- I'd go apeshit, but that's that's because I fucking love the Adam West Batman. Oh, they should introduce, like, O'Hara, right? Chief O'Hara? Oh, hell yeah! Fuck yeah! Like, young, like, he'd just be like a beat cop, because he'd have to be even lower than a detective. That'd be awesome! Yeah. Some guy with a super thick Irish dude, accent. Oh, man. Dude, if
0: they start, like, dropping in... Sergeant O'Hara? Oh, man. I'd and- lose my shit, son! oh man if he has a oh, what was his aunt's name or what was the on harriet on harriet yeah oh man like you're on harriet's coming in to visit It's like nah! um that'd be dope as fuck uh but yeah so all right this definitely went a little longer than i uh, was anticipating but you know what we've been bottling this up for a long time and we just needed to get all these these feelings and thoughts and expressions out so I'm glad we finally uh, got this out of the way. So next time, some more bombshells. I think we should probably like check in like every five Gotham episodes, just talk about developments and stuff like that. We've kind of exhausted, you know, who could be or should be and stuff like that. But maybe we can go into other characters and stuff like that that aren't villains. Uh, either way, uh, that's going to wrap up our conversation on uh, uh, Marvel's Avengers: Two Age of Ultron trailer and some other marvel universe stuff as well as gotham thank you very much for listening to the blank slate uh, you know where to find us on pod slash blank slate part of the pod Swoggle network also on itunes if you aren't subscribed already please do subscribe and if you have subscribed please rate and review us on itunes and if you've done all of that then you are the shit you're awesome i love you tell your friends tell your friends that aren't wrestling fans uh that hey have i got a podcast for you uh or you know just tell strangers uh, that you work with or whatever uh spread the word man let's keep it going we're growing this thing we're doing big things and we would love for you to be a part of it and with us on this journey uh you could also tweet at us blank slate pod on twitter shoot us an email uh any sort of batman related or comic book related stuff uh I live with Robert, so I can relay any sort of notes or any anything. Any uh, God forbid you have any corrections, but if you have any corrections, bring them on. Um, and we can engage with that. You can also hit us up on our email, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you very much once again for listening. I, you can find me uh, on Twitter, at Rich Cammie, or on Instagram, at or Rich Cammie 4. And thank you very much again uh, for listening. Robert. Any plugs uh, and final thoughts?
1: Sure. Trying to get the Twitter going. You can find me at M Bravo, M Bravo. That's M as in Marco. Twice, so mbravo Bravo, M Bravo. Love being here. Love chatting with you. Again, please subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. We're going to be here often. We're in the studio right now, which is the kitchen table. <laughs> And it's wonderful, yeah, please. Uh, all your input would be much appreciated.
0: Every time you, you say your Twitter handle, it always sounds like you're an old army come like a, a ranger, like on the, M-Bravo, and M-Bravo, and where are you? You need to paint that target, M-Bravo. That's right. Uh, so that's always what I think of, and now I've said it, and I don't ever have to say it again. Uh, yeah. Um, also, there was one other thing I wanted to just get off my chest. But uh, don't worry about it right now. We'll figure it out later. Uh, No, that's what I was going to say. Tweet at Robert. Engage him. Same thing with uh, Tope. You've probably heard the previous uh, NBA preview podcast if uh, you were looking for that sort of thing. And if not, you are probably also familiar with our compatriot Tope out of Banjo. Tweet at Tope. Tweet at Robert. They both said, oh, we don't tweet much engage them get them tweeting these guys are are great comedic minds and and great just thinkers in general and who cares if it limits them to to 140 characters get them tweeting and and make it worth their follow damn it make them earn your follow but you know give them a little slack and follow them first so uh yeah so for robert kelleberry for richard camalucci for the billion dollar comic book movie industry uh or and tv industry this has been the Blank Slate Podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast talks. Uh,
1: you can go ahead and delete this now. Catch us later.